interviewing uh, men who have approached the community uh, in the hopes of joining. These aspirants come in often bright-eyed and eager, the zeal of the newly converted. And they often come in with a sort of romance about getting to wear the funny clothes and leading a life of discipline and prayer. Our job on council is to begin to pierce that bubble just a little bit, to pierce that romance and remind them that the religious life is not really just about putting on funny clothes and taking up disciplines of prayer, but is actually doing the deep work, the deep struggle, if you will, in our relationship with God. And so the conversations are intense and quite serious, and what we are always listening for is whether or not they have started to undertake the careful work of struggling in their own life and faith journey. If they have, we know that they are probably at the threshold of what we call formation, of getting ready to take on the title brother. Our reading this morning from Genesis is one of the seminal texts in all of Scripture for both the Jewish and the Christian traditions. It is that age-old story of a struggle with God, and it helps to hear it in some wider context. Jacob, if you remember the story, was born a twin. His brother Esau was born first, so was the heir apparent to the covenant that had been given to Abraham and then passed on to Abraham's son, Isaac. But Jacob, with some help from his mother, I might add, tricks Esau out of his birthright. And in one of the great breaks in Scripture, Jacob receives the blessing of his father Isaac and therefore inherits the mantle of the covenant, but is estranged from his brother Esau, who is shocked to discover he is now second, not first. This estrangement continues as Jacob goes back to his ancestral homeland, to his cousin Laban's house, where he is tricked himself out of his first love, and so he ends up marrying two sisters and comes back much, much later with his family and his entourage and his growing fortune. He comes back to the land of his birth and into the area where Esau lives, hoping beyond hope that somehow he and his brother can be reconciled. And so he sends a messenger ahead of him to greet Esau, let him know he's coming, and sue for peace. And the messenger comes back with the disturbing news that Esau is coming out to meet Jacob, only coming with him are 400 men. Jacob can imagine what's coming next, so he begins to divide up 
his great entourage, his great company. He gathers all the servants he can bring together. He gives them gifts to go out ahead of him to greet Esau in a hope of appeasing him. And then he takes his own family to the verge of the Jabbok, and he has his family go over ahead of him, and he remains alone in the darkness and probably frets. Our deacon, Annette, reminded me this morning, we all fret at night. You don't, do you? No, we all do it. We all fret at night. Night is the time where our worries come up, and deep memories and patterns of guilt and shame and uncertainty and fear. And what happens for Jacob is that a stranger appears, and this is where the authors of Genesis reduce their words to the merest of sentences as though to invite us into a mystery that Jacob is experiencing. We can imagine that Jacob might have assumed that Esau had come to him alone to settle this mano a mano once and for all. Or we can imagine Jacob was just so frightened that he would have taken on anyone who showed up in his company at that time. But they wrestle until daybreak. And Jacob asks for something which at first sounds a little bit strange. He asks for the man's blessing. But behind that is his shame about stealing the blessing from his own brother about receiving the blessing of his father through trickery, about wanting that blessing still and somehow to find a sense of being right with himself, even though he fears he is about to go into a losing battle with his elder brother. And to his surprise, and Also, it should be to our surprise, the man he is wrestling with, it turns out, is to be Yahweh, Yahweh himself, God, the God of his ancestors, the God who gave the covenant to Abraham, his grandfather, the God whose blessing he tricked to receive from his father. And Yahweh renames him. Yisrael, to struggle or strive with God. Our Jewish brothers and sisters recognize in Jacob not just one of their patriarchs, one of their great ancestors of faith, but they see in Jacob themselves the people of Israel, the people who struggle with God. And likewise, our spiritual ancestors who regarded themselves as the inheritors of the promises to Israel see themselves in Jacob, see themselves as ones who struggle and strive with God. It is our temptation sometimes, particularly in our tradition, to believe that the way to be in relationship with God is through beautiful words of prayer and lovely liturgy like this. 
But if truth be told, our beautiful words and our beautiful liturgies are not for God's edification. They are not for God's edification. They are for our edification. Jesus picks up this thread with his brief parable about the widow and the unjust judge. I was reminded of my daughter. Anyone who's a parent will understand that. Anyone who is powerless knows they have one power left, and that is the power of persistence. Drip, 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 drip. Ask, 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 ask. And even if it's no, 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 most of us sooner or later will go, oh God, all right then. We will relent at some point. That innate power of persistence. Now Jesus is not saying that this is how God operates. He's not trying to say that God is the unjust judge. He is only pointing out a situation that his audience in this reading knew only too well themselves. Most of them were peasants. Most of them were powerless in their society. And most of them had learned in order to survive, they had to persist with the authorities at some point. Truth be told, most of us have had to do that at some point, even if it was just when we were five and wanted to get our way with our parents. But Jesus suggests here as well that is that persistence to which we are to hold in a life of prayer, to engage in a struggle with God, as our ancestor Jacob did, even if it puts our hip out of joint, even if it comes out of a place of worry or fear or anxiety or uncertainty. It's like when we interview aspirants for religious life. We are listening for the struggle. We are listening not for perfection in prayer or joy in wearing the funny clothes but for a willingness to bring all of the deep things of the heart and the life into a struggle with God, even in the darkness. Because, as those ancient authors of Genesis understood, that is where God meets us, where we are most vulnerable, where we feel most alone. So our life of prayer as a baptized people is not just here with the beautiful words and the gorgeous liturgy, as edifying as that might be to us, but is out there and is in bed at night and is in the dark places of our lives where we feel most out of sorts and hopeless. That is where the spiritual life hits the road, meets the mat, 
wrestles in the darkness. And it is there that we are reminded that our Savior comes to meet us, engages with us in the struggle, wants everything from us, even the broken things and the things that we are too afraid to confront. When the sun rises the next morning, Jacob rises too and goes in fear and trembling to meet his elder brother. And he is embraced as a long lost sibling. God embraces us, too, in our struggles and wants us to offer everything that we are so that we can find wholeness again. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorNV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-N-V for Mill Valley, dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.